0: From the world of AV programming and control with James King, I'm Steve Greenblatt, and this is Ask the Programmer. James, it's great to be back with you, and I'm looking forward to another exciting show. How are you?
1: Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you, Steve. and Always great to be back, and I'm really looking forward to this one. Absolutely. We we have a special guest with us
0: again today and uh, somebody who I've gotten to know um, pretty well over the past couple of years. Is, uh, I would consider him a friend in the industry and we've uh, been been on uh, his podcast and, uh, and uh, have a lot of great things to say about uh, the work that he's doing. He's Dan Farisi. He's the editor-in-chief of Commercial Integrator. Welcome, Dan.
2: Thank you so much, Steve. Thank you, James, for having me. Really appreciate the opportunity.
0: So today what we were hoping to get back to Dan and and you're going to help us with this a bit is get the whole premise of ask the programmer is to really be fielding questions from our audience the community those who want to learn more about programming as well as what programmers do and the impact that programmers have because there's a lot of uh, uh, I think un a lot of um um topics that are not very clear to everybody. So um, you brought a few to us and we're going to start with um, the first one that is uh, an interesting topic today. And I, I don't want to take, steal your thunder. So I'll let you, uh, let, let you frame it up and, and we'll um, take the conversation from there.
2: Yeah, again, I really appreciate being on here. Um, so I, I've tried to crowdsource this a little bit, as you say, to really understand what those in the industry are, are wondering about, asking about, wanting to learn about programming. So the first thing I'd like to start with is, I think it's probably true, and let me know if you disagree, that programmers, system programming generally, sometimes tends to have a little bit of a lower profile than some of the other stakeholders in our industry. Maybe it's because programming is complex or perceived as complex. Maybe it's because programmers tend to get involved with most project are already in place as opposed to being there from the very, very beginning. Do you feel like programmers are are beginning to raise their profile among the industry community, within the industry community? Um, And if so, how do you think programmers are beginning to do that? Kind of raise their profile and get the recognition that they deserve?
1: James, why don't you jump in? So I will. my first take on this is I don't think the light, the spotlight on us is like how I'm wanting to go. To this is I don't think we're perceived as being complex, um, and that's why we're being undervalued. I go back to I don't think people understand what we do. I mean, when we throw a large display on a wall, our users can see that. So when you throw a, a cheap version, a mid-range uh, version, a high, they can see the physical difference. Mm-hmm. So they see their value, same with projectors, same with like things that are, you know, in their face. But when you get in the back end, the code and stuff, it's a line item too. So like going to one person over another, like why? They don't see the value there. So that's where us programmers need to bring that value so the users can actually physically see it. Now they can't touch it, but we can show them by our speed, um, reliability and robustness of our code and making sure that it meets their needs and their problem is being solved and that they are not frustrated when they use the system.
2: The really interesting point, the the lack of tangibility or the difficulty of making programming tangible is very different from, as you say, whether you're mounting a direct view LED video wall on a a wall or something like that. the programming the code although you can certainly say well we're going to deliver an outcome and i mean programming is essential to delivering that outcome it is a bit less tangible it's a a bit less sensorial isn't it
1: yes and i don't know if you either you watch seinfeld but i kind of um kind of chop it up with the whole um skit he does with um the check at a restaurant like you know you sit there and you order all this food and the check comes in and you're like well i'm not hungry now and that's kind of how programming is it's like well my i got my display on the wall why do i need to pay you like it works mm-hmm. uh and they don't understand the value that we are making that display work for them exactly
0: and, and i would get a uh, Steve now <laughs> yeah i, w- I would um, definitely validate what you said dan about the fact that programmers are not always included in the initial conversation. They've historically been in the background, not necessarily been the highlight of a project. A lot of times programming is just a line item that needs to be satisfied, not necessarily the focus of a project. Um, And many times it's not easy to define what programming requirements there are. And I think that that's probably where this conversation stems from is that programmers have always had the struggle of determining what is going to be a successful outcome. Mm -hmm. And uh, and, and a lot of times a programmer gets thrown into the fire and they they say, hey, just make this work and make the client happy rather than bringing them to the forefront, uh, as you had mentioned, and saying that we want to understand what you need and what you're looking for and the programmer is here to be that translator to be the one that that defines the blueprint and and can set the the tone for the project and define what a successful outcome looks like they also happen to write code and make this work but they also but, but i i believe and one of the things that i've looked at over time is how much time do we actually spend programming on a project versus how much time do we spend gathering all the information and talking to all the people and troubleshooting and analyzing a design and making sure that everything works. And then also be involved in making sure that the system is commissioned and troubleshot and and 100% properly working. And one thing that I say often is that when you press a button and it doesn't work, it's by default, the programming that doesn't work. And it's not... And there's so many other variables that are in that chain and in that equation. Uh, um, but I do think, though, at least from my perspective in the industry, uh, programmers have gotten a much bigger voice over the past 20 years with the rise of independent programmers. And that that I, I feel has really be, become a uh, a big asset and something that I take a lot of pride in making a difference in the industry. I would also go back to the commercial integrator audience and say uh, for people that have in-house programmers, what are you doing to elevate them, and how are you giving them access and and putting their faces out there and making sure that they they understand that they're valued and that it that they're an important player in the industry
2: a really important issue to raise. I appreciate you doing that. I do hope commercial integrator, audience members, or others who are listening uh, to this podcast are thinking about how they're going, going to elevate programmers within their own organizations. And I agree with you, Steve, I think you do deserve credit individually and as an organization for helping to raise the profile of the programming specialty. Um, I did have a question just in terms of, you know, you mentioned outcome assurance, things like that. The idea that the programmer might be the one blamed rightly or wrongly if the outcome is not as it should be. When I talk to integrators these days, I hear a lot of them say they wanna be on the job site earlier. They wanna be in touch with, with the architect, the whole ideation phase of the project. So they're not brought in late and then having to work within confines that may or may not be suitable for the outcome they're trying to achieve. Do you feel like it likewise would benefit programmers and programming specialists to be in the conversation earlier, part of the dialogue more proactively, as opposed to being kind of, as you say, thrown into a situation? And then the parameters are already set, but they may not be optimal parameters for the outcome you're trying to achieve.
0: From my perspective, absolutely. Many years ago, we were approached by an end-user client who uh, came to us and said, uh, I want you to be involved in my project, and I'm trying to put together some some campus-wide standards. It actually happens to be a higher ed client, and um, we, we said, okay, so great. Send us your drawings, your equipment list, and we'll help you with this. And he said, no, no, no. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about that. I want mm-hmm. you to work with us to define the model, to define the functionality, to really put the blueprint of what we want together to 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 into. Uh, text. And then we will design around that. And to me, that that's a, a big difference, a big change. And it was very forward thinking of of that client and that technology manager at the time.
1: Yeah. And I also think um, why programmers should be at the table earlier is and nothing against salespeople and nothing against uh, engineers and stuff. But there's nuances that us programmers all know that might get overlooked let's for taking an example of a project that you know you're putting ab system in and they're throwing a lighting system in and the engineer will be like oh yeah we can tie that to the ab equipment but they may not know, okay, are we communicating that as serial? Are we communicating IP? If it's IP, like how is that being done? Is it that's there? Like a programmer going to look at it that way and be like, well, if I got to talk to that lighting control or if I need to talk to that shade control, I need this infrastructure in place where like the salesperson or the engineer may overlook that just saying, oh, yeah, the programmer is going to make it work. It's against the line of code. And not realizing the infrastructure needs to be there too. Yeah.
2: I think that that, that is very, very true. I, I think so often it's easy for us to be siloed in our own specialties, our own knowledge areas, not necessarily be aware of what others need to achieve the outcomes that they want to achieve. And all of us now are talking about outcomes and experiences and making things the way people want them to be. We're not talking about technology as an end in and of itself. We're not talking about, you know, whiz bang of specs. What we're talking about is outcome assurance. And it's very hard to assure outcomes. If everyone is in their own silo, people don't understand each other's respective specialties. There are turf wars about who's going to be on the job site when or who's going to have the client here when. I think it's a continuing uh, challenge all of us have to deal with.
0: I, I, absolutely, I, I, and and all the things that you're saying, I think, are becoming a lot more commonly discussed now. Whereas before, it, it, everybody was struggling with them, but they weren't bringing them up. And I, honestly, I I and I say this a lot because of James is I I, I really credit in-house integrators as bringing to light a lot more of those uh, these issues that we have to deal with rather than us continuing to struggle. They the the more clients that are doing integration in-house and think are bringing making keeping the rest of us on our toes to, to do better work.
1: I, I think uh, I'll take that a little farther because I do agree. in-house integrators are setting the bar high. But I, what I want to say is I do think integrators can get there. But what they need to do, and this is for Dan's listeners out there uh, for commercial integrator, is don't put barriers between the programmer and the client. Because us in-house programmers or in-house integrators aren't doing that. Our clients are talking to the people who are, you know, designing, using, and programming the system. But when integrators are dealing with third-party programmers, and they, that communication is not flowing. They're not. The programmer is not at the table because, you know, the integrator is like, no, it's all going for me. There's a loss of connection there. So the programmer doesn't have a, a true connection to the project and the user don't have a connection to the programmer to understand why it's going to cost so much money. They just look at it as a line item. There's no connection there.
0: Well, I, I think that this is probably a great uh, place for us to wrap this one up, and, and I think it was a good topic and a great conversation. I, Dan, I thank you for bringing this to us and look forward to having you on our next episode. And uh, how could people get in touch with you, uh, learn more about Commercial Integrator, and uh, keep these conversations going?
2: Really appreciate the invitation, Steve, the invitation, James. It was a delight to be here. And I'm excited to be able to share some of our audience questions, some of our, our readership questions and get such knowledgeable and thorough answers to them. You can find me at commercialintegrator.com, of course, or at Dan Farisi Edit on Twitter. I'm pretty active on both. You can find me on LinkedIn, of course. Um, and I look forward to continuing the conversation, continuing the dialogue and continuing not only to try to help our audience learn, but you know, help myself learn so I can serve the audience better.
0: Thank you so much, James. How can people get in touch with you, learn what you're up to? And if you had any uh, closing thoughts?
1: Uh, No closing thoughts. Uh, Again, I want to thank Dan for coming to us with uh, this question. And it's great to be able uh, to have him on the show. And hopefully it brings more listeners to us, too, to help build that gap. Again, you can find me on Twitter, AV underscore James King. LinkedIn. I'm not too active there, but I'm on there. Uh, Anything with HEPA. Again, if you Google me, you'll find me.
0: And for me, you can reach me at Steve Greenblatt on social media and my company, Control Concepts, at controlconcepts.net. But most importantly, please uh, check out our podcast here um, on YouTube, the video version and the audio version on Apple and Google Podcasts. And uh, let us know what you think. Let us know what you think about this episode. We'd like to have more of these types of conversations. This is really what uh, the this podcast is about. Really trying to have having engagement between those who have questions about programming and programmers as well, and and match them up with the 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 minds that can provide the answers and and try to really raise the bar and bring more. Uh, of a uh, understanding to the value of programming in the industry. Um, So please uh, leave us a rating review. Let us know what you think. uh, Let us know if you're interested in being on the show. Our Twitter handle is avprogrammerpod. So please check that out as well. And with that, this has been Ask the Programmer.